0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. our text is the epistle appointed for the festival of the Reformation, Romans 3, verses 19 to 28. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned, So that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is our text. Everybody loves to be right. Games, arguments, politics, disputes are all fueled by our need to be right. When others acknowledge you as right, you are listened to. It is gratifying to be right in talking about something and seeing others do what you to believe to be right. I think that's why most of us are so happy to give directions to travelers who are lost. And even if we don't know quite where their restaurant is, it's gratifying to see them go down north line and second left. Now most people admit that God is the standard of right, though they don't really believe it or practice it. Our desire to be right is so strong that we convince ourselves that God must do it our way. And our sense of righteousness compels even God to acknowledge us by rewarding us in heaven. Now most of you see the absurdity in this belief, but it often lurks in our subconsciousness It's often the way we feel and sometimes the way we act. St. Paul's opponents saw their religion that way, that the laws of God were given to the chosen people as a letter by which they could climb out of the mire of this sinful world and then look down on others. Even some who claimed Jesus as the Messiah saw him as showing the way for us to earn in some way our own righteousness. And this enabled them to look down at others the way the Pharisees had looked down on them. But Paul recognized that the fruit of the Spirit is not pride, boastfulness, and self-righteousness. It's something else. And so he shows us in our text that the law shows us that only God is righteous. The law is given so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. And that includes you and me. You know, I may be able to jump farther than you, but at the brink of the Grand Canyon, it doesn't make any difference. So you may be more practiced in outward virtue. You may live a better life. You may have better thoughts than I. But before the judgment seat of God, we are all condemned and lost. Only God is right. So often we are like messy children who point out the stains in each other's clothes and faces as we run away from the one who would clean us up. In the usual confession that we make before Holy Communion, we confess to be poor, miserable sinners, deserving temporal and eternal punishment. This confession should humble us toward our fellow sinners. It should lead us to regard sin with terror. Too often we get them mixed up. We regard sin as our welcome friend, but other sinners we regard as untouchable, beneath us, etc. Instead of hating the sin and loving the sinner, we too often get it reversed. And you know that message of God's law that condemns each one. Some have been unable to believe that. Some have tried to, they've said that's too harsh, it makes people feel bad. So they've tried to moderate the message of God's law. They say that we are not dead in sin, only wounded. There's still some good in us. We can cooperate with God and receive credit, merit, indulgence. This is the heart of the medieval error still practiced among Catholics today. This idea that sin can be atoned for, for a few bucks, a few prayers, a few indulgences. Let me illustrate the absurdity of that idea. A man's friend was over at his house, and when that host was using the restroom, that so-called friend went into his bedroom and took the 25 bucks out of his wallet. Will replacing the 25 bucks restore their relationship? Will giving 25, even 50 bucks restore their trust? There are greater issues than the damage done by the simple act of filching. And so giving gifts to God in expectation of a easy forgiveness, in expectation of any kind of return, is an insult and an offense. This is what Luther's 95 theses were able to clearly point out to a world ready for reformation. Only when we are crushed by the message of the law are we ready for God's other message. And St. Paul tells us it is the gospel that conveys God's righteousness to us. Our righteousness will always fail. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We need another righteousness, an alien righteousness. Only Christ can restore us to God's favor, first by repaying God and then by changing our relationship. As St. Paul says in our text, Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. He is the atoning sacrifice. Nothing we do can compare with what Christ has done for us. And we receive this righteousness, this new relationship, by faith. Turning from confidence in ourselves to confidence in Christ is called repentance. And this is a turning from death to life. It's the beginning of a new life. It's being born again. Do you take credit for being born? Wasn't that to your mother's credit? Do you take credit for being born again? Isn't that your heavenly Father's credit? Paul says the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ is for all who believe. Now don't misunderstand faith. Faith is not the one good work that saves. Faith is the gift that God gives. It's the receiving hand that accepts God's gift, God's grace in Christ. So that, as Paul writes, God might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. You know, Luther used to hate the justice of God. He thought of it as God's righteousness by which he condemned all who fall short. And then he realized that the righteousness of God overflows to make us righteous. The justice of God overflows to make us just So he was changed from resenting God's law to delighting in God's law, resenting God's word and presence to delighting in it. Paul writes elsewhere, therefore, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. We are to call attention to what God has done rather than calling attention to what I have done. And when we rely on our own righteousness, we are calling attention to ourselves and putting confidence in ourselves. But the only way of salvation is to put our confidence in what God has done in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Luther recovered St. Paul's evangelical teaching and applied it to the late medieval world which had forgotten and obscured so much Let's not fool ourselves and imagine that that won't happen to us. For we are in the same danger of forgetting or obscuring the law and the gospel. We are Our flesh leads us to imagine that we can make ourselves righteous by our works. We end up cheapening the price by doing less and less works. Especially in our secular times, which has reversed the roles. You know, people today are more inclined to blame God and call Him to account for things that go wrong in the world rather than to admit that they are part of the problem and they need to do it God's way. Rather, let us heed the message of God's law and joyfully receive God's gift of righteousness by faith each and every day, rejoicing that God has been good to us by giving faith, and this attitude and lifestyle flowing from it will convince others that God wills to be good to them through forgiveness and grace. May this knowledge that we have a righteousness not our own, but a gift from God, bless you with joy and humility, confidence and zeal as a Lutheran Christian. And may that peace of God that surpasses understanding keep your hearts and minds in that true faith to life everlasting. Amen.